This is a Federal News Network podcast. Americans like their beef, and one reason it's a popular protein option is because the industry generally produces a safe product. One reason for that is the work of my next guest. He's the Associate Administrator of the Agricultural Research Service, a nationally recognized expert on cattle health, and now the recent winner of a Presidential Rank Award. Dr. Stephen Kappas joins me now. Dr. Kappas, good to have you on. Good morning, and it's a joy to be with you. First of all, give us a sense of the scope of the Agricultural Research Service. It doesn't get as much attention as, say, the NIH, but it's pretty big and pretty extensive. And tell us about the ARS itself a little bit and how long you've been there. So the Agricultural Research Service is the internal research arm of USDA. Our sister agency, the National Institute in Food and Agriculture, provides grants to uh, universities and other researchers. But we have, within ARS, we're appropriated funding directly from Congress. We have about 1,800 scientists and postdocs, and we have labs over 90 locations within the U.S. and over four different countries. We have international labs. So our research portfolio is quite broad. It covers everything around agriculture, and we're funded at about a $1.5 billion level. And it's been a really a, a joy to be part of this agency and make a difference in people's lives, both producers of food, but then also the consumers of food. And you are receiving your award, the Presidential Rank Award, is the Distinguished Service, which is for a lifetime of work. And I guess one of the things that struck me in reading your recommendation is that in addition to running administratively this enormous, or at least parts of this enormous enterprise, you have also been able to do a great deal of your own research projects work, putting together international coalitions of people and money to get some important studies done. How do you balance it all? Well, it's just a lot of fun. So you try to keep your fingers in a lot of different things. But I started out in ARS before I got my PhD. And I grew up in a family farm in South Dakota. And I wanted to give back to agriculture because I know that provided such a great opportunity for us to learn lots of things. I came from a large family. And I found research to be the area that I really wanted to have that impact. And I was fortunate then to get hired by the Agriculture Research Service. I had a master's degree at the time, and I started managing research experiments. And then fortunately, been given opportunities to move up in the agency, became a scientist and a center director, and then got into administration. So those achievements come from different stages of uh, different positions I've had within the agency and have had great teams to work with. That's one of the things that really hits home when you write up these accomplishments is how many people have had an impact on you and that you were able to work with to achieve these things. So it's really that teamwork that we have that's really critical to make all this happen. And one of your seminal research projects involved the genomic mapping of cows. I guess you wanted to do what had been done in the human sequencing and apply it to cows. Tell us about that project and what the genomic sequencing of cattle can do for cattle and for the industry. So back in the early 1990s, we were sequencing the human genome and was working with a few people that said there may be opportunities to also do some agriculture species. And on the animal side, there was an effort to do honeybee and then poultry. Chicken was worked on. But we weren't really in a position with larger sized animals to move forward on that. So it initially started out working with a bunch of international collaborators and university collaborators and developing some of the early tools that we needed. And then eventually that led to NIH funding half of the project to sequence the cow genome and subsequently other farm animal genomes. 
And sequencing genomes allows us to tap into the genetics of whether it's humans for human health or the genetics of plants and animals for food production. And we've made dramatic improvements in what we can do in genetic selection. You know, one of the areas that's grown since then is selecting plants and animals, uh, mostly animals, for disease resistance. We have some of that in animal, but that's a huge effort on the plant side. And it's really critical to make sure that we have a safe and continuous supply of food, much like we've seen with the SARS-CoV-2 virus, the COVID pandemic that we're in. Those pathogens continually mutate. So we have to continue to make improvements on plants and animals' genomes to make sure that we can still produce that food. We're speaking with Dr. Stephen Kappas. He is the Associate Administrator of the Agricultural Research Service and now a recent winner of the Presidential Rank Award. So does this research, the learnings from this type of work, benefit the industry in terms of productivity, or does it benefit the public in terms of a safer supply of meat, or is it a little bit of both of the above? It's as you said, it is both of the above. You know, in order for us to have adequate supply of food, those who produce it and process it have to make some money in order to do that. So we're continually looking at making sure that it's profitable. And we want our family farms and everyone else to be able to have a, a good quality of life. But the ultimate goal then is to provide a safe and abundant food supply for our consumers. And as we've seen a number of years ago, that food security can lead to destabilizations of governments and can have very adverse effects. So this is a very serious responsibility that all of us have in making sure we do have safe and abundant food supply. And switching gears from some of the research, you as an administrator have been overseeing the uh, replacement of the venerable Plum Island Research Center off of Maine. That's been a big kind of thorn in the side of the government as that facility ages. What's going on there and what's your role been? Yeah, so we're within ARS and we're working with our sister agency, the Animal Plant Health Inspection Service from USDA, and then also with the Department of Homeland Security. So USDA used to own the Plum Island facility, and that facility conducts research on foreign animal diseases. And that's a really important function that the USDA and DHS have been doing. And DHS then, um, when they took over the island in 2003, they had the responsibility of finding a replacement for that facility because it was so old. And fortunately, Congress has appropriated us the funds and DHS is building the facility in Manhattan, Kansas. And there was a decision in 2009 that once that facility was constructed, it would come back to USDA to own and operate. So APHIS and ARS are going to be working closely in there like we have for so many years. And it's really a, a beautiful facility, a $1.25 billion facility. And we're on the tail end of construction and commissioning that facility and the capability that it adds to the U.S.'s ability to address foreign animal diseases is huge. First, the capability to work on diseases that can move from animals to humans, zoonotic diseases. Uh, we have a biosafety level four capability now, and that's something that we were missing. And then also we have a small pilot manufacturing facility there that's new, and that's going to help us move products to the commercial side of the things, and they'll be able to produce therapeutics more efficiently because we can help them move through that scale-up process that they have to go through. And on the career side, you have done a lot of mentoring and a lot of ensuring that uh, there is more diversity in scientific work done by ARS and generally. Tell us more about that. 
That's the nice thing about these jobs is uh, getting exposed to, in our case, a lot of the postdocs. ARS doesn't do any training per se, but we do train in our labs and hire the postdocs, and then uh, many of them become ARS scientists. Also, we work closely with sharing our information with many others. We've got an effort on informing students. And then we work closely with a number of minority-serving institutions, and we have an 1890 faculty fellowship program. And then also I've had the joy of mentoring a number of uh, really excellent people and seeing that they've got the skill sets to lead agriculture research in the future. So that is really great to see those individuals be able to develop those skill sets and be a much better leader than I will be in the future. So uh, we're looking forward to that. And while doing all this work, do you ever get the chance to get to a farm, get to a stable, get a few little chunks of meadow muffins under your own boots? Yes. Until recently, I used to go to the family farm. My brother owns and operates that farm and uh, be able to help him uh, with that. And yes, to me, it's very important that those of us in agriculture research, we work closely with our stakeholders. And if you are out there working with them and, and learning about what their real issues are, we won't be able to do a very good job of addressing their needs. So that relationship is extremely important for us. And knowing everything you do about cattle, the raising of it, and the maintenance of the health of it, do you still eat steak? Oh, definitely. And, uh, you know, the nice thing about this job, I used to be over the animal program within ARS, but moving up to this level, I get to see it all. Crop production, uh, natural resources, climate change, human nutrition, food safety, uh, We've got a really strong program in building and developing new products out of agricultural products. Uh, it's just amazing to see the, the things that our scientists accomplish every year. Dr. Stephen Kappas is the Associate Administrator of the Agricultural Research Service and the recent winner of a Presidential Rank Award. Thanks so much for joining me. You are certainly welcome and have a great day. And I'm honored to receive this recognition. And honored to speak with you. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Podcast One or wherever you get your shows. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.